Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, today I want to share this verse with you. We'll start out with this verse. It's in James chapter 4. Well, I'm actually just going to read one little part of it. In James chapter 4, verse 8, it says this, Draw near to God, and He will what? Draw near to you, right? So, um, this verse carries in it a huge, huge promise. And he's saying here, draw near and he will draw near. So if you want to experience God, you have to do something. You have to draw near. But there's a question, how do you draw near? How do you draw near to God? What do you do? Um, do, you just, do you just pray more? I believe that praying more is definitely a key to drawing near, right? Praying more is a key, but there's, there's more to it than that, okay? So um, if, if you look at this particular verse that, that I just read to you, that verse had a particular thing they needed to do in their case to draw near to God. And he's been telling them, okay, you're worldly, you're fleshy, you're carnal, doing things your way, you're all about the things of this life, you're all about the things of this world, draw near to God. He's not just saying, I want you to spend more time in prayer. Do you, always, do you see what I'm saying? For them, drawing near to God, yes, you've got to pray, but he was highlighting a specific thing for them. He was saying, for you to draw near to God, you're going to have to let go of your worldly ways. And he, he even shocks them. And he says, if you're friends of the world, if you're just enjoying this world and this is what life is for you, and you're actually an enemy of God. Now, I honestly believe that shocked them. These are believers he's talking to, and he's telling them, if you're worldly, if you're stuck in the things of this life, guess what? You're actually an enemy of God. I, I bet that shocked them. Now, he's looking at people who aren't, who aren't putting God first. They're very worldly, living a certain way. And you can just tell it's just a carnal life. You can tell God's not um, the, the first in their lives. And, you know, today, if somebody were to say something like that, scriptures would be misused and someone would say, stop judging me, James, stop judging me, right? He's trying to help. And he's, it's obvious that they're not living right. Something's not right. It's obvious you need to deal with that and come close to God. Now, I have seen in my Christian life so many, many times how people don't like to say I'm not right with God or they'll never say I'm not close to God. You ask them, how are you doing with God? Oh, I'm doing fine. Oh, things could be better, but I'm doing great. 
You know, uh, I'm close to the Lord. I got a relationship with God. And yet their lifestyle doesn't indicate they're running after God at all. You, you see what I mean? They might go to church, but there's no pursuit of God. And not only that, so many times people will even be doing things that are obviously wrong. Obviously wrong. And one thing I have seen is hardly anybody will say, oh, I'm not right with God. I really need, I, you know, I got some stuff that's not right. That happens sometimes. But I'm telling you, people can be in the greatest of crazy sins and say, oh, I'm good with God. I'm good with God. We got an understanding. We're close. And, and so James is here wanting to shake these individuals so that they can realize that there is something beyond what they have been experiencing. Now, why are they saying I'm good with God? I believe they might be thinking about God sometimes. They might have a thought about God that seems nice. They might know some doctrines or whatever. And so there's a, a sort of like a tender place in them about God, like you might have about your mother or your father, your, or a respect toward God. You see what I'm saying? But so many times people have that, but they're not walking with God. They don't realize it, you see? So they have to be awakened to that. And today, that's not actually the issue that I want to be focusing on today. I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about another dimension where I believe God wants to get into the lives of His people. And I want to say to you today, there are some things that people need to do today. Yes, pray. Yes, spend time with God. But I believe there's more than that. And if we're not willing to deal with certain issues in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, certain bond areas of bondage, certain attitudes, we're not going to be able to go into the thing that God has for us, into the new place that God has for us, you see? Amen? So, just like in, with these people in James, God targeted an area. We says, draw near to me. And you got to deal with this to draw near. I will say today, God's saying again to his people, draw more near. If you'll draw more near, I'm going to be even more amazing and you're going to have a new dimension of me. And he's also highlighting areas that he is dealing with in this hour to draw us more near. Amen? Now, over the last few months, as I've been praying, I'll come to God. It's as if, you know, you get into these rhythms, right? And I'll go, you, you learn how to pray and God's in it and you begin to see breakthroughs. Okay? And then, so you're sort of praying that way and it's not, and, and um, you get into the rhythm of it. Well, recently, well, I'd say in the last few months, sometimes I'll, I feel like I feel the responsibility from my pastor. Okay, you need to pray like this. But, but it's almost like there's a, I don't call it a wall. It's sort of like a pulling away from that on the inside over to something else that God wants to deal with and that God's saying very, that something is very, very important. And what, what I am sensing, which I'll say in a nutshell, and I'm telling you this not just because it's my personal journey I want to share with you. 
I'm telling you this because I fully believe this is a call in the body of Christ right now. So what I sense as I'm spending time with God is pull away, draw near to me, and let go of anything that is a fear, that is an anxiety, that is an area where you're not trusting me absolutely. I want to deal with everything that's not absolutely trusting in God, every area that's not an absolute 100 peace, every area that is not in 100% absolute rest. I want to deal with that. And as I've been praying, I feel like there's an urgency to this. It's not just an invitation. It is an invitation, but it's also an urgency. There's an urgency to it. It's not like, oh, if you come, I'll give you something good. It's beyond that. It's like, no, you need to do this. You need to do this. And it's for right now, but it's not just for right now. It's for what's coming your way. You see what I'm saying? There is something, I believe, coming. Now, what God is telling us to do, to draw close and to let go of every fear. And by the way, what I've been, what I have, I've been saying, as you're doing this, there's going to be a greater unity with God. Most people don't realize that fears actually separate us in some way from part of the provision of God. You know that? When you have fear in you, there's a place of blessing you're missing out on that God has for you. It's so interesting. God has promised He'll deliver us from all our fears, doesn't He? God has said He'll set us free. And we realize that this is a part of the message that Christ has. Come unto me and I'll give you rest. Come unto me and I'll give you peace. I'll, I'll give you rest in your soul, right? It's part of the message. But most Christians would rather continue going along their way, doing what they want to do, right? And trying to figure out their own problems and fix them rather than go to God first and be at complete peace and then live life. You see, because sometimes we can fix our problems. What I mean is through time, through going through life, through doing things, things get worked out. But it's not God's will for us to just go from one problem to the next problem to the next problem and just, you know, go from one situation to the, to the next and, and get relief that way. You see what I mean? God is calling His people to learn to walk in peace and rest and trust 100% in every situation in their lives and to go through life that way. Amen? And if we'll go through life that way, when other of these problems come, I'm not saying they might not hit you for a minute, but you're going to be so ready, you're not going to have to be living your life under any anxiety, under fear, under worry, or any other things, right? And I know, I know for sure that God is saying you need to do this. And you're not just going to be free now. 
If you do this, it's going to prepare you for what's coming. I don't know what's coming. But I feel very, very strongly God saying, you need to go deep now. And if you'll go deep now, if you'll get absolute rest now, it's going to prepare you for what's coming. If you go to absolute trust now, it's going to prepare you for things you don't even know about. Amen? Now I can tell you, I've been through some trials in my past when I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. And trials that hit me. And man, that is, is not a nice experience. And you have to go through that time and then go to begin to experience God and get to that place of rest, right? It's much better, much, much better to go there now to prepare for what's coming. Amen? Now, I don't know what's coming, again, as I mentioned, but um, I want to just share really briefly a couple of dreams that people shared in prayer meeting this past week. And by the way, I really love it when that happens. I love it when you go to a prayer meeting and you pray, but then there's a prophetic utterance and then somebody shares a dream and somebody shares a dream and that kind of thing. So that's the kind of stuff that happened this past week. And after a prayer meeting, I felt not only blessed through the prayers, I felt fed. I mean, I feel like, whoa, this is so fulfilling to be a part of this tonight. And you never know when that kind of thing's going to happen. You know, some people only come to a prayer meeting if that was only if it was that way every time. It's not that way every time, but I love it when it is. Anyway, this past week, um, um, and, and let me just mention this before I share these dreams, because I know some of you are new to this kind of stuff. God does speak to people in dreams. He even spoke to unbelievers in dreams. He spoke to Nebuchadnezzar in a dream. He spoke to Pharaoh in a dream. He's spoken to other people that weren't believers in dreams. Um, so he does that. And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit is poured out, even more so in the New Testament, when the Holy Spirit's poured out and when we have the Spirit in our lives, even more so are we going to have God talk to us through dreams. Amen? Amen. You know, the Bible says God will actually warn us about things to come. When the Holy Spirit comes, He will tell you things to come. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit is meant to tell you things that are to come. The Bible says that is a promise. Now, how do we hear that? Sometimes God will give me a dream about my life, right? Sometimes God will give, show me things. So one of the ways God speaks to us is through dreams. Okay, are y'all with me? I've had dreams that clearly told me about something that was going to pass, come to pass, and it absolutely did. And I've had that many times in my life. Very clear, specific dreams. And my desire is that you begin to experience that, right? Most dreams that you have in life that are prophetic are, are for you. They're God speaking to you. But God also speaks to the body of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. There's a thought in that that 
me by myself. I can't have the mind of Christ all by myself. We have the mind of Christ. That means, okay, now, I might get particular revelation about my life that doesn't pertain to anyone else. Someone else, by the way, could give me a word that I need to hear. It can come through someone else. But in the bigger picture, so often, it's going to begin to come through other people. So, when it says God is going to speak to us and warn us of things to come, that when the Holy Spirit's there, it doesn't just mean individually. It means sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking to me through something somebody else heard. Y'all see what I mean? So when somebody else shares something, I don't just take it and go, okay, absolutely, I'm going to take what they said and their interpretation. What do I have to do? I have to mull over it. I have to think about it. And I have to learn how to discern through the Holy Spirit in me what's good and what's not. I can't always allow my mind to argue with everything because sometimes my spirit man wants to lead me somewhere where my mental man does not want to go. I don't want to hear a negative, for example. How about you? Sometimes a warning doesn't feel good. My mind will go, no, I don't even want to hear that, right? Sometimes. I just, I've thought many times about that word Jesus gave Peter. One day, young man, you're going to be led in the way you don't want to go. And Peter knew he was talking about he was going to be killed. I'm going, what kind of prophetic word is that? No prophet better ever tell me something. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to get in the line of prophecy that, that night to have him pray over me. Don't put, hey, those are the kind of words you're getting from people. Don't pray over me. I don't want to hear that, right? But uh, I don't think Peter wanted to hear it. And it's always funny to me to think that his answer was, well, what about him? And that's just the craziest thing. That's our human nature. That shows you how immature he was. You know, hey, you know, we always think we get the worst in life and we have to go through the worst things. But what about it? Why don't you make other people go through things like that? Anyway. So, so sometimes God will say things we don't want to hear. But when other, when other people have a word, they have a dream, what do we do? We pray through it and we learn to discern and we learn to understand the witness in our spirit, in our spirit man, which we sense deep down on the inside of us. We have to learn that. We have to look. Now, sometimes you might be doing something in life and deep down as you're walking with the Lord, you just know something's not right about that. Something's not right about that. Usually, that's the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Other times, you might sense a joy about something. I'm not saying you don't pray through things, but I'm saying most of the time, we don't, have, we don't know how to discern the mind of the Lord, and the Bible says we're supposed to be doing that. We use our mental above the other. I'm not saying the mental's wrong. The Bible says serve the Lord with all your heart and your mind, right? But your mind has to be renewed with the Word of God. You can't be walking in fear and doubt or you'll be hearing the wrong messages, even though they sound wise. And you've got to recognize your mind doesn't know everything, but your spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you does. 
You could be making a rational decision in your mind, but you don't have all the facts, and the Holy Spirit knows something you don't know. You might be wanting to buy a car, and it looks like the best deal in town, but something on the inside of you is going, mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't feel good about that. You can let your mind override that, by the way. Have y'all ever done that? I have let my mind override that little voice in my spirit, and it has gotten me in trouble before. You, and you just go, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. Any of you ever done that? It just looks so good, though. Why'd I do that? You see what I'm saying? So when somebody has a dream, what do we do? We have to listen to it. Sometimes you can know immediately that's from the Lord. I was reading this story the other day, and I just thought, you know, how many times dreams can be so multidimensional? So you got this dream. You got, you've got Joseph in the Old Testament. He dreams these dreams. And they're sort of cryptic. You sort of know what they mean, but you sort of don't. He thought they meant one thing, but he didn't really understand the fullness of it until years later. And then you have Paul, which I believe he had a dream, and he's like, hey, I believe that the Lord is saying this. He had to think through the dream to figure it out. But then you've got Joseph in the New Testament. I was reading this the other day. I thought, man, this is amazing. This is amazing. Joseph has a dream. I'm talking about Mary's husband in the New Testament. He has a dream. He doesn't have to wonder, hmm, now what does that dream mean? It was so specific. God said, do this, this, and this in the dream. He gets up in the middle of the night. And he says, Mary, get up. Uh, he gets up in the night. Right after the dream. Mary, get up. We're moving. What? What do you mean we're moving? When are we going to move? Let's do it next week. No, we're moving right now. I mean, I'm just going, wow. It was that clear. Do y'all see what I'm saying? Sometimes the dream can be that clear. You need to do this and you need to do it right now. And God will tell you something and you don't need to put it on the back shelf. You need to do it right then if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Do y'all see what I'm saying? Joseph gets his dream. He doesn't even understand it fully for years later. Now I'm talking about the Old Testament Joseph. The New Testament Joseph gets his dream. Boom, he gets up and he's got to do it right then. What I'm saying is God is so multidimensional. And so sometimes people will give a dream. You know that you, sometimes you can know immediately that's prophetic. But then you've got to walk through the interpretation of it. God, what are you saying through that? Sometimes the very person who has the dream you think will have the best interpretation. And I've just noticed over time, sometimes they just don't. Amen. And a lot of times when somebody has a word from God, it's so real to them, they think it's going to be right now. I've had that happen to me. It was so strong. I think it's going to happen any moment or in you know the next month because it came to me so clearly. But it's oftentimes not. I'm just thinking of one dream I had and I was going, oh my gracious, you know, and then I, and then I let it go because I feel it was so strong and clear. I thought it was going to happen right then. And then this is earlier in my life, of course. And then I sort of laid that down and I'm going, that must not have been God. I don't know what that mean, meant. And a couple of years later, boom, it happened. And I'm going, I wish I hadn't let go of that dream. I should have kept thinking about it and prepared for what the dream told me, right? Because it happened just that way. It, it, it was 
Anyway, so I just said all of that about dreams to introduce this. You know, this past week, a couple of individuals had had prophetic dreams, and so they're sharing them. I'm not going to get into the depth of them. If you want to get into the depth of them, um, maybe come to prayer meeting. We'll share them with you. But anyway, um, one dream was an encouragement with a warning. The other dream was a warning with an encouragement. And they so fit into this whole context of you need to go and get deep with God right now and, and go where God is. One of them has to do with because the harvest is here. This is the first one. The first one is like, there's a great harvest coming. Elvita had this dream. It was so powerful um, that the house was just filling up with babies. And they were all wrapped. But, but they, when you look at them, they would be all different ages. They weren't just like, they were like grown people too. You know, like a lot of grown people all wrapped up and we had to take care of all these babies. I, of course, believe these are spiritual children and God's bringing so many and, and they kept coming and more kept coming. And I'm, I'm like, hey, we got to go. We got to take care of these. We got we to gotta make provision for these. And, um, and all the leaders were like, oh, you know, oh, yes. And, and, but then they begin to forget and, you know, or maybe be, get involved with something else or, just, or be forgetful. And, oh, I got to go back and do this. Or oh, I got to go back and do this. So we, we couldn't take care of them, couldn't go forward because of that forgetfulness and distractions and putting that sort of on the sideline. And I, I feel like that's an encouragement, an encouraging word that God has started even bringing increase now. And I can see that whether you can or not. I see it in the people that are coming to God. I see it in the little clouds of, of God's presence. But I believe there's a whole lot more coming. And the word came to be able to encourage us and say, it's time to, to line up. It's time to put spiritual things first. It's time to put the kingdom of God first. You know, that's in the word of God so often where you remember Jesus gave the talents to people. They had the different talents and one guy didn't do anything with his. But the other people were utilizing what they had. So many people have been taking their assignment and their calling to put it on the side. I just want to say, put the kingdom first. Bless the kingdom first. Too many of us have, I got, have the mindset, I got so many other things to do. Let me do that first. And then I will put my effort into the things of God. God's like, no, that's not how it works. You put the kingdom first, honor that first, prioritize that, and then the other things will flow in place. Now, I do believe there can be seasons when you realize, oh, I got so much junk going on, I can't give time to God like I need to. And you have to order and organize that. I've been through times like that, and in a way, I'm in a place like that right now in some things. But my point is, you have to be at a place where you are free and your mind is given over to do what God wants you to do because it's harvest time. The children need to be taken care of. They need to be discipled, helped, trained, um, encouraged, blessed, because they won't make it if they don't have other people taking care of them. Does that make sense? That's the way it is in the body of Christ. So out of love and care for the children being born, out of love and care for God and the kingdom and His purposes, we make sure we prioritize that. It's of supreme importance. Amen? And so God's going, you need to go there and you need to be free from that stuff that's distracting you. Amen? You need to give attention to the things of God. The second dream was a warning with the encouragement. Okay? And so in the second dream, 
which I, I believe this was also a very prophetic dream, um, but it's be more complicated to try to explain. But there's a, a devourer. This one was from Todd. Todd has the most amazing dreams. Todd, Todd called me one time and said, hey, I had a dream about you, and it was intense. And I went, and I was so tired that day. I go back, and I went back to bed, and I entered into part two of that same dream. It was another intense dream. And believe it or not, guess what? It was for me a lot of it, and it was a warning. I didn't want to hear it, by the way. But I read it. I mean, I was thankful I heard it, but I just have to say, you know, I have to. I, I, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, great. Thank you for that. Thank you, God, for, you know. But um, looking back, I just want to have to say, thank you, Todd. Are you there today? Todd, there he is, Todd. Todd Guest is here today. So anyways, this Todd right here, the guilty one. So anyway, he had, he had this dream this past, uh, he, he shared this past week, and the devourer or the destroyer had been unleashed in this nation, is the way I understand the dream. And it was crazy what was happening. I mean, he was sort of blown away by what was happening. Now, I have to say, sometimes you have, when you have a dream, you'll see an extreme to highlight something. But this dream was sort of extreme, right? Which, that's the warning. But the encouragement and the warning, though, was provision. It was, it was like in the mud of all the debris, there would be, there would be finances and things like that. that. And it was like, wow, look how God's provided in the midst of all this craziness, right? And I believe that's showing that God's going to provide. Anyway, I don't know. I just have to say those are things I put in my heart and I consider. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do believe there's a great outpouring that's coming. I won't be surprised if there are difficult times ahead. If you step back and look right now, there's the possibility of that in a significant way, right? God would not have us not ready. Amen? And I would just tell you right now, the Holy Spirit is saying, draw near, get free from every fear, anxiety, worry, trouble right now. Don't you worry about one thing. You need that right now, but you're definitely going to need it in the days to come. Do y'all see what I'm saying? To get where we're going. Again, I can't even explain this because I, I don't see the details. But I know to get where we're going, it's going to require us doing what I just shared. We got to do that. So, um, I just I want to I want to just mention this. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a few verses, and I want you to think about what these verses are teaching us. Psalm 32, verse six, says this: "Let the godly pray while to you while you may be found." Is that not a interesting verse? Let the godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely, when the great waters rise, they'll not come near you. Think about that. You're my hiding place. Protect me from trouble. Let the godly pray. 
Who's he telling to pray? People that already know God, right? He's, and then he goes, he's talking about God being found. Surely you may be found. He's talking to the godly. These are people that already know God. And he's, he's telling them to find God. What, what does he mean? He's talking about find a lit, that, that where God is right now. What is that living experience? He's saying he's bringing you into of discovering God. Again, do you see that? These are people that already know God, but he's calling him into a new place of discovery and experience. Okay? And what is the result of going to that new place in God in this verse? When trouble comes. Because you have done what? Because you found God. You, the believer, you went to a new place. You found God where he's pulling you right now. And I just want to say that is so important. If you don't have a real sweet place with God right now, you might know him, you might be walking with him, but if you don't have a real sweet place, that thing where you know it's real, he's communicating something to you, he's drawing, you need to go find him because my sheep hear my voice. God wants to have that kind of communion with you, right? So let the godly pray. While you may be found. And the result is what? In the day of trouble or when great waters rise, they'll not come near. What you find is that you'll end up being covered, protected, and confident in the day of trouble. Why? Because you have already found that new place in God and you are living there. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And there's so many other verses like this, right? There's another verse. And, and by the way, wild you may be found. I believe God's pulling us into something right now. God's pulling you to that deeper place right now. Psalm 27, 8 says this. When you said, who? So I'm talking about God. When you said, seek my face, my heart responded back and said, your face I will seek. Isn't that great? The Holy Spirit said, seek me, find me. To who? A sinner? No, a believer. A believer. Most believers would be like those sinners I was talking about. Oh, I'm good with God. My relationship's good with God. Oh, I'm doing great. But I believe God wants to go, wait a minute. I want to unearth something in you that, that will bring you to a new place in me. You see, now, listen to this. We, we were talking about drawing near to God initially as the illustration by getting rid of sin, by getting rid of fleshiness, wrong attitudes, things we know aren't right. That's what it says in James, right? Now, I want to, you know, we've all been also been saying that there are certain specific things we need to do sometimes to go closer to God like that. And I believe what God's saying, which I have spoke, said already, is that He's dealing right now with every single fear, no matter how deep it is, no matter how, how little it looks, no matter how insignificant you might think it is, 
You might think you can just keep living with it and you just keep fixing your problems because they're not that big of a problem anyway. God's going, no, that's not my way. God wants you to come to him. And just like the sinner has to turn from his sin, God says, if you want to go deeper and you really want me to go and connect with you in a deeper way, let go of that fear. Let go of that anxiety. Let go of your worries in any place where you don't have, I mean, absolute trust in God. God wants to deal with that. It's an amazing thing. So, when you let go of these fears, anxieties, whatever, you're going to be free. But not only that, you're going to experience God in a depth of your soul that you haven't experienced before. It's going to be a drawing near to God. Do you see what I'm saying? Because these things are taking residence within you. They're in chambers of your emotions, of your thoughts. And God wants to permeate every place of our being. And I am telling you right now, God wants to uproot, unearth every fear, doubt, anxiety, worry, and a bunch of other things. Amen? So, now, you ever hear, you've, I'm sure most of you have been in the church world have heard this, God is my rock, He's my confidence, He's my strength, that kind of thing. God becomes your rock, your strength, and your confidence only after you've gone through this exact experience I just described. You, you see? As long as you're holding on to fear, anxiety, worry, God's not your rock. You'll be blown to and fro. You see? Going through that experience of laying everything before God, trusting in every area, and I'm encouraging you as I'm just saying this, you need to start to go to God and remember, it's not just about praying now. Remember, I've, I've shared that many times that you need to pray and draw near to God and spend time with Him. I'm giving you something specific right now you might need to deal with that needs to come to your attention. Right now, I want you to go to God, and I believe this is God, and I want you to deal with everything that you're not absolutely trusting Him on. How about your finances? Is your, are your finances under God's control? Are you in 100% trust? Is there fear there? How about your job? It could be so many different areas. How about your future? Is that all before God? Is there a fear there? I am telling you, you need to go before God and keep going before God and keep going before God and keep bringing up these things because God is dealing with our inner man. He's wanting to set us free from these things. And there is a real experience and God will do it for you just like he'd do it for anybody else. God wants to set us free from those things. And the confidence, the, the strength that we will feel in God once that exchange has been made, once we've gone to God and we've, we've dealt with fears, I mean to the deepest fears we have, and we've given them to God, and where God has come to us with, and we trust Him with everything, no matter what we're going through. I am telling you, nobody will ever be able to shake you when you have gone to that place. No circumstance will shake you. You will absolutely know everything is going to be good. And you see, that's where God's calling you to now. Now, you might go 
but I, my troubles aren't so bad right now. I am, you're just missing out on something God has for you. And I'll tell you this. If you don't deal with those things now, you're not going to be ready for things that are to come. Amen? Amen. Now, I just to tell you, as, that, as God began to deal with this on me recently, I'd start praying this through and it'd be so real. And these, it's like stuff would get highlighted. Like I said, I would get in my rhythm of prayer. I, and then it's sort of like, I didn't sense the same grace to pray so I'm like, because, and I'm used to sensing that. And so I'll back up like, God, where are you? And as I'm seeking the Lord. And this would just be so highlighted to me. And so I'm, I would start to go here. Then my flesh would nudge me. No, you need to pray about these things here because you got that. And then you need to make sure that gets taken care of. And God's like, no, no, no. That's not the way I want to do it. I want to I deliver you from every fear, every doubt, every worry. And then so you're just going, okay. You, you know, and so you, I start going there and I recognize them. Then I get busy and I get in my old rhythm. And then and then a week or so later, God will bring it back to my attention in prayer and it'll pull me again. I'm going, how did I let go of that so soon? You see? And what God's wanting to do is He's wanting to bring a huge deliverance. And I don't believe it's just going to be a prayer you're going to pray. You see? It's going to be a season of God pulling out every fear from your heart. And you've got to be aware of it. And you've got to be willing just to stay there and stay before the Lord. Don't go to sleep before the Lord. I'm just saying you need to pray and start bringing these before the Lord. You need to let God begin to speak to you and begin to highlight some things. Start to bring every aspect of your life to God. Something that, that worries you. Bring it before the Lord and go, Oh God, I just realized I'm worried about this relationship. I'm worried about this situation. And start bringing it and just say, God, I know it's not right to worry. I know that's wrong. So you, you said through uh, Peter, cast your cares on the Lord, every one of them. So God, I'm going to do that right now. Right? You just have to go through that process. And what did Paul say? Be anxious for... For what? Nothing. Nothing. No big thing, no little thing. Right? But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Okay, so he's saying here, take every little anxiety, worry, fear to God, right? And bring it before God. And what's Peter say? Cast your cares on the Lord. And then he says this, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts. Look at this. You have to first take these anxieties to God before He's going to guard your heart and your mind. Do you see that? Do you recognize just from... This is one example of where the Word of God is teaching us. God has to deal with your anxieties and your fears before He's going to be your rock and your strength. Do you see that? Bring your cares... Cast your cares, and then He will guard your heart and your mind. Then He becomes your rock, your refuge, your strength. It doesn't happen just by you coming to church or even just by you praying. You've got to deal with those anxieties deep down on the inside if you want Him to be your rock and your strength. I hope you all are seeing this. Look what David prayed in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me 
and know my anxieties or anxious ways. What a crazy, interesting prayer. God, you know the anxieties that are on me, in me. Search me and find them. It's important. God wants to deal with these things. He says, search me, O God. Try me. Know my anxieties. See the offensive way in me, which is the anxiety. And lead me in your way everlasting. Man, I think this is so powerful. So, I'm just encouraging you. Keep going to God. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. What do you think it means that the Lord makes me to lay down in green pastures? He leads me by, beside still waters. What do you think that means? You know, we can say that and live it at some level, but what he's saying is when God's our shepherd, where he's always going to be taking you is to a place of peace. And this is like the, the greatest serene picture of peace this psalmist could probably imagine. Laying in the green grass beside the, those waters where he could hear the small trickle. You know what I mean? Complete peace and rest. That's where your shepherd wants to lead you. But how many times do we allow ourselves to be driven, pushed, or live in anxiety at one level or the other? And we just go from one problem to the other. And then we're so thankful that the problem's over. Oh God, thank you for fixing that. And God's like, yes, but I want to fix you where that problem won't bother you the next time. All right. So anyway, then after he says, the Lord's my shepherd, I'm not going to lack anything. He makes me to lie down. Then he goes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's saying, God's like this. I'm experiencing peace right now. Amen. Y'all see he said that? Then, then what does he say? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's going, man, I've got so much peace with God. He is always leading me into deep peace. It's amazing. Then he said, come what may in the future, in the season to come. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Praise God. He leads me in peace now. I'm going to bring that into whatever I go through. I'm not going to leave this place right here. Amen? Amen. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light now. He is my salvation now. He's the strength of my life now. Then he says, though an army may encamp about me, tomorrow is what he's saying. Or next week, my heart shall not fear. The strength he got with his relationship with God was so amazing. He knew whatever comes tomorrow, it's not going to bother him. Does it mean he's gonna, not going to have to pray and keep going there? But he's already living there. He's just got to learn to not get out of that place. Amen. Psalms 46, 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength. We know him that way now. He's a very present help. Therefore, we won't be afraid even if the earth is removed and cast into the middle of the sea. Think about that. He's got such a place of peace with God, it goes down to the core of his being. And he's just going, man, I'm not going to fear 
even if the earth removes. I have learned something. And it's, I'm going to go to that place of peace and I'm going to get it to the inner core of my being. And so no matter what happens, no matter how bad things get, I'm going to be at that place of peace. A Amen. And I love this one. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and He answered me and He delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. You know what? I could just imagine there's some issues going on in his life. And so, oh, this, oh, that, oh, this. I got to pray about this, right? So what does he do? He goes and prays. God, fix this. Fix that. Fix that. But guess what happens? God starts dealing with him. and says, oh, what are you afraid about? Oh, God, but look at this problem. Look at that problem. What are you afraid about? Okay. So what happens? Situation didn't necessarily change, but the psalmist did. And he goes, oh man, I don't care about those things. It's going to be all right. I saw the Lord and he answered me. He doesn't say he delivered him in this, this point right here from the things that I'm sure happened. But he says, and he delivered me from my fears. Amen. You know, most of the time we don't need to be delivered from our situation. We need to be delivered from our fears. Our fears are what torment us. I'll just share one other little thing about how we think we're one way and God's like, I want to go deeper. You remember one time Jesus goes, you guys, you, you guys, uh, you know, y'all going to some, y'all going to deny me. And Peter goes, oh, I never will. I never will. And I, I want to mention this. Self-confidence looks like spirituality sometimes, but it is not. It looks like it. We can think we're strong. Oh, I'm going to do this. If, if that's where you're getting it from, mm -mm, it's not going to work. That actually has to get broken. A lot of people in the church world, they want self-confident. They want to learn how to be self-confident. They want to learn how to be strong without the prayer life, without the Word. It's not going to work. That's just self-confidence. You can't have godly confidence without the Word of God. You see what I'm saying? You can't have uh, excuse me, confidence in the Lord without time like that. And until the confidence in you is broken. That's a crazy thing. Confidence in you has to get broken if you want to have confidence in the Lord. That's just the way it is. So what does Peter have? Confidence in himself. I'll never do this. I'll never go in that direction. I'll never do that. And Jesus says, oh yeah, you will. It's going to happen. So Peter goes through it. And what does he say? He says, you're going to be sifted. Now, I don't know if he was just sifted for a few days or if Jesus was referring to something that happened at a longer period of time. But you remember what happened when he was going through his trial? He wasn't ready, was he? All he had was self-confidence, self-ability. And he thought that was God. Y'all see what I'm saying? He thought that was God, but the trial boop, made him realize, oh no, <laughs> I'm not what I thought I was. He woke up. And then he realized, oh man, he was broken in himself. And then that's when he had to learn. He had to put his trust in God. He had to give it all over to God. And I, it was painful. I want to just tell you, I'm encouraging you to go through that now. Like I said earlier, I've been in trials before when I wasn't ready. And I'm going, man, if I had only done this, I thought that later. If I had only prepared, if I had only had the mindset, if I had only been in faith. If I, and, and so... So I want to encourage you. This is for you now. I hope you're listening to me. So Peter goes through that. 
And then guess what happens? He falls apart. He falls apart because of the trial. Fear, anxiety, stress, it all hit him, didn't it? And that, I mean, and that was a pretty major trial. I mean, came out of the blue. And he was so confident. Everything was just going so great. Oh, yes, I'm strong now. I'm telling you, when things are going okay, when, when the money's coming in or whatever, you, hey, hey, I'm strong, right? Peter's like, hey, we, it's amazing. We've been doing the most. Our, our meetings are getting bigger. And he's just feeding people. And when we come there, they come there with no food. He feeds them. Oh, the crowds are getting bigger and bigger. You know, we walk somewhere. And then um, we go there on a the boat and he comes back walking on the water. I mean, oh, it's just amazing what's happening. We're, we've got so, such momentum and then boom. <laughs> you see what I mean? Things look the other way. He wasn't ready for it. But guess what? God did allow him to be sifted. And I just love the story where um, years later, James has been beheaded and they're getting ready to, or killed, and they're getting ready to kill Peter. Probably going to, I think it was probably going to happen the next day. And it says he's in jail. He's being guarded and he's sleeping. You know what that tells me? That man had learned to lay every anxiety, every fear, every worry at Jesus' feet. He could go through the deepest trial and just go, doesn't even touch me. You see what I mean? If that had happened earlier, he'd go, oh, I can't believe it. Look, I'll cut my head off. What am I going to do? He'd be thinking about it all night long. And I bet you this came on him like that. He got arrested one day and they're, hey, they're going to cut your head off probably tomorrow. Oh, really? I'm going to see Jesus. Why, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he was probably going to sleep that night thinking about, it's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Your perspective changes when all your fears, worries, anxieties have been given over to God. And I'll tell you something. Jesus was walking with Peter in the flesh. Y'all remember, of course, he did. I can tell you the relationship Peter had when he was on that floor sleeping in his troubles was deeper than anything Peter had walking in the flesh with Jesus. Why? Because he'd gone down so much deeper. Amen? So believer, let me just tell you today, God's calling you de deeper. You might think, oh, I don't really need to deal with this fear. I don't. don't put that on the side. Let this be a season right now. When you go to before the Lord, you're going to have to pray. You have to spend time with Him. But you've got to start bringing your issues before God. Bring your work situation. Bring your marriage. Bring your whatever you're dealing with. And you keep praying about that every day until you know it's all in God's hands and there is not one ounce of fear, worry, or anxiety left in you. Amen. Yes. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. Amen. He causes me to lay down in the green pastures and He restores my soul. That's what He does. That's what He's going to do. Give you absolute peace if you go to Him right now. We need that for right now. We need that for the harvest that's coming because we're going to have to do it in His power. There's going to be a supernatural... This is what I believe. I get inklings of this. I believe there's going to be something that's so supernatural we won't walk in it if we're just going in our minds. 
God will have us stepping out in so many crazy ways and He's going to be doing amazing miracles because we're, we don't have fear. And the other side of that is be careful, be ready for whatever happens. This preparation doesn't just prepare you for the difficulties. It prepares you for the harvest, for the increase, for the miracles, for the provision, for the abundant life that God's got for you. Amen? The abundant life isn't more stuff. I mean, it might be a part of what God brings in your life. Amen? He'll, he'll provide for us. The abundant life is being free. It's being full of joy and love and power and a sound mind and full of God's peace and rest deep down on the inside. Fulfilling your purpose. That's where the peace of God is. That's where the abundant life is. And it's always going to be there for you. Amen. If you just walk with Him. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we want to thank you, Lord. You're calling us deeper. You're calling us to a place of rest, trust, peace, like we've never been to before. And it's not just, oh, I got enough rest. No, you want to bring it down to the very core of who we are. Lord, and I, it's like I believe you want to go through every area of our life and deal with anything that we're disturbed about, that we're anxious about, that we're upset about, anything we're worried about, anything we're fearful of, anything that we're fearful in our future about. God, you want to go through everything and deal with every single thing until we're just trusting and resting. God, you want to deal with us. And Lord, and I just know as we do that, it's going to be like, that's going to be like, a, there's going to be a new oneness that comes out of that with God and with Christ and the mind of Christ. So God, I just pray, seal this word in every mind today, in every heart. Help us to walk this thing out. Help us to not ignore it. Help us to be ready for what you're also doing in this hour uh, to, to make disciples and to, to build up people. God, we ask you this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. I believe you'll have a wonderful breakthrough week. Actually, let me just say it's going to be a season. And it'll start today if you start spending time with God. You can keep on worrying and carry those things with you if you want to the rest of your life. Or you can start dealing with those, going to God and dealing with them. I'm telling you, He'll take care of every one of them. Amen. Amen. See you next week.